Trump files a lawsuit against Twitter, Google, and Facebook. Coronavirus runs rampant in Biden's migrant facilities. And Pelosi husband bets $6 million on tech companies ahead of a House vote on big tech. Now, before we get into this, please drop this video a like, subscribe, turn the post notifications on, click all the buttons. It helps out with the algorithm. Um, and if you do support my show, please become a Patreon. Patreon.com slash Joey Salas. If you become a Patreon, I'll give you a call to say thank you. Now, let's get right into this. So Trump is suing Mark Zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey. And, and this is what the mainstream media says. Here's why they shouldn't worry. So Mark Zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey shouldn't worry, okay, according to CNN. And they, may, they might be right, but I think it's just so funny how CNN, how these people who are, I guess, the socialist news, these writers who I'm assuming are socialists are saying, this is why you billionaire tech overlords, the richest people in existence, shouldn't worry. Claire Duff, writer for CNN. I wonder if she's got like his and her in her bio. Uh, no, she doesn't. Formerly a bunch of BS articles and websites. We'll get into the story in just one second, but these are the writers that, that wrote this story. They work for CNN Business. And uh, one can assume, if you're working for CNN, you're crazy, crazy on the left. And regardless, this is by CNN. This, this is what's being supported by socialists, Democrat socialists, uh, people who claim to be fighting against the system, are making excuses on why that system should not be worried about their oligarchy. So let's go. Former President Donald Trump on Wednesday filed proposed class action lawsuits targeting Facebook and CEO Mark Zuckerberg and Twitter and CEO Jack Dorsey, as well as YouTube and his parent company, CEO, whatever. In a Hail Mary move after being removed from their platforms, courts have typically dismissed similar suits, and these are likely doomed from the start as well. Now, I, I kind of agree with that, that it is probably doomed from the start as well, but there's a different play to go into this that I think they're going to go, is that the fact that they banned the acting, the, the at the moment, the president of the United States, they banned him. So they might that, that might cause, we'll see what the courts are going to decide. We know that there's always going to be a slant against Trump, in anything that goes on. But see, the announcement of this lawsuit comes after the companies removed Trump's access to their platforms in the aftermaths of the January 6th riot on the Capitol. Twitter banned Trump altogether, and he is currently suspended from Facebook for at least two years. YouTube also suspended Trump in January, but it said in March that his account would be reinstated when the company is confident that the risk of violence uh, has uh, receded. I mean, they're, they're, they're always going to make it out to be a risk of violence. You don't see them banning Maxine Waters and Democrat socialists. You don't see them doing any of that. So tech companies have consistently rejected claims that the platform discriminated based on partisan ideology. Independent studies have not corroborated such accusations, and several have found that partisan voices, particularly on the right, are among the most engaged with on the platforms. Listen, that because right-wing content is the most engaged on the platform does not mean that there isn't a left-wing bias on the platform. Because you know why we're most engaged? Because more people support us. You want to know why we're most engaged? Because big companies like CNN, MSNBC, um, what el whatever else is out there, BuzzFeed, they're the, they're, there's a marketplace that makes it harder for people on the left to find people like me right now. Like you guys are watching my channel. 
Uh, you guys, I'm assuming, might watch Tim Pool or Steven Crowder. Now, on the left, who do they have? Who, who do they have on the left that is as big as Steven Crowder? Let's try the Young Turks. And I'll be real with you, I highly doubt their viewership is going to be anywhere comparable to Steven Crowder. Look, let's go through. Uh, 95,000 views, 24,200. That was the 200,000. That's a good video, 24,000, whatever. Now let's go to Steven Crowder. And then we're going to go to Sam Cedar after that. Steven Crowder, who is just literally one person, uh, a million views, a million views, 900,000, 1.5 million. 800,000, 1 million, 800,000, 900,000. Granted, he posts a lot less than the Young Turks. Um, now, let's see. Sam Cedar, who has 1.1 million followers, who would be considered, I guess, the left-wing Steven Crowder. 14,000, 40, uh, 40,000, 20,000, 40,000, 15,000, 15,000, 16,000, 33,000. And he's got over a million subs. See, there's less engagement because... Companies like CNN are gobbling up all that market share of left-wing BS and left-wing news. And even they are suffering. They, they're even worse. 500 views, 4,000, 3,000, 1,700, 1,000, 5,000, 32,000, 87,000, 132,000. The only time where they actually do get views, like this one, 737,000, is because YouTube just throws it on the, on the front page. And that's, that's what they do. Uh, you're not going to see them doing that with Steven Crowder, throwing Steven Crowder on the front page like that. You're not going to see that with Tim Pool. Let's go through Tim Pool's. And this is, I'm, uh, this is me debunking their point that there isn't a left-wing bias because you can clearly see it on display. Um, Tim Pool's averaging around 200 to 300,000 views per upload. And it seems like he's uploading maybe every day, sometimes I think maybe twice in a day. Um, this is on his Tim Cast page. It's not even his his live page. So there, there. Um, what, what do you want me to say? The, people just want to engage with right wing content more, and they would even more if there wasn't a, le a left wing slant. Uh, you know, banning uh, right wingers, uh, demoting us in the algorithm. And the reason why we're more engaged is because we need to go out of our way to discover the truth and right-wing content. We need to go out of our way. We need to bookmark pages. We need to download apps. We need to make sure we're extra subscribed and post notifications on to this content. I'm sure you, some of you out there probably do it to mine because that's the only way we're going to be getting it. We need to, we're more engaged because we need to actively go out and search for it. And when we find somebody, we keep them close. On the left, there's none of that. And on the left, which is ironic, the people that hate the big tech, oh, claim they hate big tech, not big tech, claim they hate the people at the top are literally only watching and listening to the people at the top. N none of this, rarely any of this. The only people that would watch any of this would probably be like a TikTok clip of some stupid liberal saying some nonsense with no context to back it up and devoid of any facts and it would be a bunch of probably six to ten year olds and k-pop stan accounts that would engage in that uh, that's another thing that the left does if you see aoc with a million likes on twitter most of that is fake bots and probably k-pop stan accounts the left has this whole system that they work in to manipulate the trends and manipulate um the, the, uh, the, the trending tab and, and the rankings on social media. And they do this by, they have these things called decks and groups, engagement groups. And like someone will make a tweet, boom, throw this engagement group in there. The next thing you know, there's a leftist hijacking a hashtag. 
Uh, that's what they do. Uh, I guess they're good at it, too. Uh, let's continue reading. Trump's suit continues a trend that began during his presidency, throwing the book against companies he perceived to be a threat to his political brand. Last spring, uh, he was still in office. Trump signed an executive order aimed preventing online so uh, censorship and oops, and uh, clicked on one thing and uh, seeking to expand legal liability for tech companies. I love how they say Trump, since his presidency, throwing books at companies that he doesn't like because they go against him. Um, Example, preventing online censorship. Wow, you know, like, that seems like an overall good. It seems like it doesn't really have anything to do with uh, Trump specifically, considering he did that before they even banned him. Yeah, you know, for, for, that, that goes for everybody. That goes for people on the left as well. And there was even some people on the left saying this is dangerous that our big tech overlords can do this to Trump because... One day they can do it to us. And guess what? They will. But tech companies are legally permitted to run their platforms as they see fit. And the courts have dismissed strings of similar lawsuits. Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube all cited potential of future incitement of violence or risk of public safety following the Capitol riot announcement. See, the problem with that is, is Trump, did, did Trump go out there saying, I want you all to burn down the Capitol? No. Did Trump go out there and say, um, gather in large masses, overthrow the Capitol, be violent. Did, did, he do, did any of that happen? Oh, no. Uh, what did happen? Everyone go home. Everyone remain peaceful. Everyone respect law enforcement. Did that happen? Oh, yes, that did happen. And they banned him right after he said that. Right after he, he literally denounced violence and told people to go home and stop the violence. Uh, that's what he did. What did, what did the left do when they're, when they're burning down the streets for Black Lives Matter? Yes, go do it. This is fighting for justice. They're all fine. They're all fine. Okay, if you can't see the double standard by now, then you're an actual idiot. Simple as that. Um, I, I really cannot read any more of this. Prior legal efforts against big tech. Now, here's the thing is, I agree that companies should act and, 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 be in, and work in a way that they see fit of the free market. Problem is, these big tech overlords, uh, it's not a free market anymore. They're basically monopolies, okay? Three companies, maybe two, you can bring it down, own the vast majority of the public discourse on the internet. It's as simple as that, okay? That is the soapbox, and there's no more soapboxes. The soapbox industry is saying, we're not going to sell you a soapbox because we don't want you on that soapbox, that's when you hit a point where I, it's, it's not a free market anymore. These people have, these companies have been buying off politicians, getting favors for the longest time, accumulating over trillions of dollars worth of wealth collectively. They have way too much power, and they got way too much power, partially, in fact, of the politicians that they've been paying off. Not, they're not allowing competitors to enter the market into this discord. So... Um, Granted, I do believe that they still need to enforce certain rules. Like when people are out there, I mean, let's be real. I believe there, there are examples of real censorship and fake censorship. Real censorship, I would say, the election was stolen. You get banned and removed. I would say that's real censorship. I would say an example of fake censorship is, I, mean, I don't like to single anyone out or call anybody out. I would say fake censorship would be... Um, you post a photo of you shooting somebody in the head that represents AOC. 
And if you get banned from that, I will not consider that or rule that in any way, shape, or form as real censorship. You clearly violated the rules, like like these these stand the standard of all rules, something that should be throughout. You have cle- you clearly unobjectively violated, in my opinion, my opinion. So Nancy Pelosi's husband just invested millions in four mega cap tech stocks, including Apple and Amazon. Now I want you quickly to comment below, do you believe this to be insider trading? I do believe it's at least, at the very least, toting the line. And this is not the first time something like this has happened. The husband of House Speaker Pelosi purchased up to $11 million in mega cap tech stocks in May and June. A disclosure form shows Paul Pelosi exercised options uh, to purchase 4.8 million worth of Alphabet. Pelosi also bought option contracts in Apple, Amazon, and Alphabet according to this disclosure. Now, if there was a money management firm that was running this stuff um, out of their control, I'll be like, okay, yeah, yeah, totally get it out of their control. They're not consulting with them or talking to them. That's fine. I, I think that would that should be fine. I think you should still be able to have your investments. One, first of all, there's a lot to break down here. I'd say the first thing to break down in here is this is the beacon of, of the Democrat Party. This is the beacon of who the socialists look up to. Someone who's willy-nilly just doing tens of millions of dollars worth of option calls. These people are, are rich. These people are, are su- very, very wealthy, very rich people. So Pelosi's biggest purchase was $4.8 million worth of Alphabet shares on June 18th, according to disclosure. Pelosi exercised 40 call options to buy 4,000 4, shares of the stock price or whatever. I don't, I, need to go, I don't need to go into the specifics. Finally, Pelosi purchased up to... Five million worth of uh, Nevada Nevada call options on June third, according to the disclosure form. Pelosi purchased fifty call options. The strike um, long dated. Okay, it's just pretty much this is just pretty much given the business news. Um, let's let's read what this says. Now this one I think what this is from January thirtieth. Okay, now this is this shows the history of what they do. Pelosi's husband, Paul Pelosi Sr., made a million-dollar investment in Tesla immediately before Joe Biden declared that the federal fleet of vehicles will soon be electric. Now, now to think, to think that it's not possible. I'm not, you know, I, I like to give people the benefit of the doubt. I don't like to spread fake news. I don't like to accuse people that have not been guilty of 100% without a certain shadow of a doubt. But... When you have, when you're married to a woman who is a little troll that is a buddy buddy with the president making decisions, and when you could whip up the house to make certain votes, and even the Senate, um, and you're doing these trades that are leading to millions of dollars in potential profits, ooh, to think that there's no influence going on there by some type of insider knowledge is absolutely foolish. Fox Business reported that House Speaker Pelosi's husband placed a $6 million bet in Amazon, whatever. Um, uh, Paul Pelosi on May 21st spent up to a quarter million dollars on 50 Apple call, calls that have a strike pl- price of 100 and that expire on June 17, 2022. He also bought 20 Amazon, call, uh, Amazon calls costing up to $1 million that have a strike price of 3000 and that also expire June 17th. Uh, this is what someone tweeted. Days before House, Re- House representatives took its first votes on legislation to break up big tech companies, 
House Speaker Pelosi husband Paul Pelosi exercised a call option and bought all those shares. Okay. I want you guys obviously comment below what your thoughts are. Do you think that this is insider trading? To the least, very least, tone in the line. I, I think it is. <laughs> I think it is. But I'm not going to say there's definitive proof until, you know, it is proved officially. You know, we're, we're not doing, we, we will not get striked for any sense of fake news by our big tech overlords. We are playing within their rules, playing within their games. Coronavirus infections are surging in migrant facilities. Wow. Imagine my shock that when you hoard crowds and crowds of people who are coming from, let's just be real, S-hole countries, and you crowd them all in a, in a little, a literal box with tin foil and plastic, that COVID will spread amongst those people. Now, no more blaming Trump because guess what? This is the Biden administration now. Seems like seems like nothing's being done. Seems like the problem's only getting worse. Seems like these facilities are just overflowing even more and more. Um, this is on Biden. Cases of COVID-19 are surging in U.S. migrants and custom enforcement ICE facilities uh, as detainee populations have soared over the past few months. Hmm. What happened over the past few months? Oh, yeah, Biden came into office. An analysis, an analysis by the New York Times found that more than 7.5 thousand cases have been detected since April that represent more than 40% of all coronavirus cases in ICE detention facilities since the start of the pandemic last year. The rise in infections coincides with the surge of migrant detentions from 14,000 detainees in April to more than 26,000 at the end of June, according to the Times analysis. Well, that's a lot. That's a lot of people. Think about that. That's, that, that could fill up an entire stadium, plus more, I believe. While President Biden has aggressively scaled back interior migrant detentions, ICE facilities are being used to house detainees apprehended by Customs Border Control at the border and points of entry. According to an analysis by TRAC, uh, let's see, 82% uh, of the detainees in June were apprehended by CBP, not ICE, while the number of detainees apprehended by CB CBP plummeted during the heights of the pandemic and rose again as more migrants were apprehended at the border. The number of people detained and held by ICE has slowed, tapered off to the past. Okay, whatever. Um, people, this is what it says. Uh, access to adequate health care in immigration detention centers was a problem before the COVID-19 pandemic. And as the virus still rages in detention centers, it is an extremely urgent issue. Rep. Jesus Garcia, a Democrat, people in detention centers are completely dependent on the government for their medical care, and our communities are only safe if we ensure that all people, including immigrants, you mean illegals, have access to testing, treatment, and vaccinations. Why are we spending our money on these illegals who came here illegally into, like, what? Well, how about this? How about this? We, uh, we just, uh, we give them a pack of gum, <laughs> a pack of gum, a sandwich, and a bottle of water, turn them around, and send them back into Mexico. <laughs> um, that's a joke, but uh, I'm sure there's, there's better ways to, to handle that situation. Uh, we should be vaccinating everyone in customs to help with the pandemic and help protect lives, said the, the rep from Democrat California, uh, who chairs on the Border Security Subcommittee and House Homeland Security Committee. You know what? I'm, I'm going to stop reading this article real quick. All this is going to be a bunch of Democrats saying, we should do this, we should do that. And they're not going to do anything. And if they do do anything, it's just going to be a free pass into America, probably some cash in their hand, and go make sure you vote Democrat. Here's your nearest voting center. Um, that's probably the only thing that they're actually going to do. Why? 
Let's just be real here. The Democrats need there to be problems in this country in order to garner votes. They need to keep the poor here. They need to keep the stupid population growing. They need to keep the poor population growing. Why? Because the Democrat, the, the demographics show people who are uneducated on the issues and the policies and are less active and engaged and, I guess, on the poorer side of the economic spectrum tend to vote Democrat. So it's a, it's a pure... Uh, you, you see these demographics, and they see, okay, we need, our, our voters are X, Y, and Z. So how do we get them to be X, Y, and Z? X, we, by doing ABC. For Republicans, on the other hand, hmm, our main voting base tends to be conservative. They tend to have strong family values. They tend to be, uh, have, have jobs. They tend to be more self-sufficient. They tend to be this, that, and the other thing. So how do we improve that by promoting a positive message, by uh, promoting the church, promoting family values? Uh, how, how, do, how do we get minority communities to vote Republican? Hmm. By helping, giving them tools, aka freedom, by increasing, uh, I guess, awareness to the conservative values and how that can help you live a better life than living in the slums and being a gangbanger and doing illegal activities. You want to get out of those, those slums? We'll give you the pathway to be able to possibly do that, and now, boom, we're going to lock you in as a Republican voter. Whereas Democrats would be like, well, here's welfare. We, we want to keep you down there, but we're going to give you all this stuff to make you happy enough to want to vote Democrat so you can keep getting that stuff, but still at the same time keep you poor enough to stay where you are to leave you dependent on the government. Hmm. It seems like, honestly, if I was an evil Democrat, that sounds like a real good plan, a real good plan. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for watching this show. Please listen to the full episode of this show, The Joey Saladino Show, on all the podcast apps. Click subscribe. Don't forget to like, subscribe. Click all the buttons. All the buttons you can possibly click except the dislike button. Click them all. Comment below. Do whatever you have to do. Share it. Click the share button, whatever. Helps out with the algorithm. Helps the show grow. Helps get the word out there and the truth. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Peace out.